0: Hey everybody, I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hello, and thanks for joining me today. I'm excited to have you back for another episode. You've heard me say this before, but if you haven't already done so, Be sure that you follow the podcast and also do me a favor and share the show with some others too. Lastly, if you've been enjoying these podcasts, leave us a review. It's always good to hear your feedback. Today, you are going to hear my conversation with Bonneau Ansley. He is someone who is dominating in the world of real estate. And in fact, Bonneau was recognized by the Wall Street Journal as one of the top real estate agents in the country. Bonneau's team also ranks number one in Atlanta and number one in Georgia. Now, while I have brokered multiple billion-dollar deals during my time working in Fortune 50 companies, Bonneau has brokered billions and billions when it comes to the world of real estate. On today's episode, you're going to hear how Bonneau has built his successful business, as well as tips he shares on how to differentiate yourself as a real estate agent, and the importance of how you do anything is how you do everything. We'll also discuss Bono's podcast, Brokering Billions, his book by the same title, and so much more. You ready? Have a listen. Benel, it is so great to have you on the show and inside the huddle with us today. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Jen. I'm super excited to be on your show. I've listened to several episodes and you've got it going on. What what a great podcast.
0: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I am also excited to have you here with me today. We've got so many great topics to get into, but before we do so, I have to ask, Beno, are you ready to move the ball?
1: I am ready to move that ball.
0: Awesome. Let's go. Okay, Beno, you're a football guy. I'm a football girl. We both know that in football, people look at stats as an indicator of performance. In business, there are metrics and numbers that are indicative of performance as well. Let's talk about some of your numbers. So you're in the top 0.05% of realtors worldwide, doing over $469 million in volume last year. Your team, Team Beno, is number seventh ranked team in the United States. Number one ranked in Georgia, number one ranked Atlanta. Wow. And a couple other things that I want to mention here, Bono, is you were the youngest agent in Georgia to reach $1 billion in career sales. You've been included in the University of Georgia Alumni Association's Bulldog 100 for the past 10 years, and the list goes on and on. Very impressive. So I would say you're not just moving the ball, you're dominating the game. So let's talk about how are you doing that? Something I like to say is that being elite is all about differentiation and separation. So what have you done in your career to really set yourself apart from the other realtors out there?
1: Well, that's a great question. And when you start every year at zero, which all agents do, you gotta be elite every year. And from a football analogy, I've got a friend that's a coach at the University of Georgia. He might win a national championship, but to do it again... Back to back is very hard. And I'll tell you why. His players go to the NFL. He does such a good job with his coaches. His coaches get recruited to go coach at other schools and get lucrative contracts and they leave. So he's got to start with zero wins the next season. We all agents start with zero home sales after a great year. How do we consistently keep the ball in play and how do we keep moving forward? That's the big question. What I say to that is, if it's not broke, break it, right? So, so when you think about that and to have another dominating year or to increase your business year after year. And when I started the business in 2009, I consistently doubled my business. And I didn't do that by doing the same things I did the year before. I had to go back and figure out what I did in 2009 and 10 and 11 as I kept scaling my business up and figuring out complete new techniques and complete new strategies to double my business. And then I hit a point in 2015 when I did the same volume that I did the year before. And I was pissed. And I said, golly, I didn't grow. So at that point, I ended up leaving my brokerage that I was with for seven or eight years. And I started my own brokerage. And I started to double that business, right? Because it's a mindset thing relative to how do you keep growing? And then I changed things relative to my current business and I changed my team around and I started doing business in other areas in Georgia, down on the coast. And then I started to do new developments the next year and I kept growing and growing and growing, as well as the company started to double their agent count every year. And then we got to where we are today, which is a good thing, where we've got a business that I founded in 2015 that does over $3 billion in sales every year, and we're growing and growing and growing. We've got close to 450 agents now under the Ansley Real Estate Christie's International brand. And then I'm continuing also trying to have the same mindset relative to my personal team to keep growing that business as well.
0: I like what you talk about, if it ain't broke, break it. And that's something, as you know, I'm with at Properties, Christie's International, and both Mike Golden and Thad Wong, who were the co-founders of Ad Properties, were on the show. And something that Thad has said before is the same thing, if it ain't broke, break it, because it's about challenging and how do you continue to innovate and do things differently so that you can continue to grow and get to that next level. As in the sports world, people talk about that getting 1% better every single day. It's really about that continuous improvement and looking at how can you challenge what you're doing and make it better, and how can you think more creatively and innovatively to continue to push yourself and get to those higher levels.
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And things change, right? We're in a change in our environment being real estate agents right now. We've got low inventory and high interest rates. That's some headwinds that we're facing. And and then we've had other challenges that the media is reporting about commissions and things like that. So we've got challenges and we've got to figure out the best way to give the highest amount of service to our clients because we're worth every penny of what we get paid.
0: Absolutely. But no, you've had some great career success. And for every successful business, there was a year zero in a time that you were just starting out. And talk to us about the early days of ANSI Real Estate, the challenges with having your own business, some of the struggles, and then walk us through how you really started to find your stride and your success.
1: Well, it all goes back to the people that we hired early on. And I've got a philosophy where I don't give tasks, right? I don't give to-do list. I give responsibilities. And take Julie Harris, who's one of our top executives and does all of our marketing and branding and a thousand other things. She was with the same company for 20 years. And I said, Julie, you got to come take a jump with me. And, and I'm going to give you a responsibility to have the best marketing in Atlanta, period. And I didn't say, this is what you're going to do. And this is how you're going to do it. I said, this is your responsibility. And I'm not going to look over your shoulder. And that's what you're going to do. And I do the same thing with our great CEO, Lane McCormack. She was a, a managing broker at another competitive firm, and now she's running the show, and, and she does such a great job that I don't ask her what she's doing this week and next week and what her goals are. I just know that I need her to be the best CEO of any company in Atlanta that does residential real estate, and she's up for the task, She's and, and so is Julie. And with everybody that we hire, that's our mindset and that's the way that we kind of run the business. And it's worked really, really, really well.
0: And from my corporate experience, I mean, my listeners know I spent many years in my career in multiple Fortune 50 companies, and that's what the great leaders did. They brought high performers, good people on the team, but they gave them the autonomy to go handle the scope of work. It wasn't this is what you need to do. It's what this is what you're responsible for. And you go do what you need to to execute on that and make things happen.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: No, but no, one of the reasons why I enjoy having a podcast is being able to have conversations with highly accomplished guests like yourself and have people like you pass on advice that will help others to get to that next level than whatever it is that they're doing. There's a lot of real estate agents that are going to be listening to the show. What can you share? That's one thing every agent can do today to help their business grow.
1: I tell our agents that if you spend it, they will come. And what I mean by that is, is the best investment you can make is the investment with yourself. So if you're in the business, you need to outspend everybody relative to marketing. And you can do that a thousand different ways. You can do that with client appreciation parties. You can do it with outreaches, drink and and come learn about the, the mortgage industry. You can do that with a lot of different components. You can do that with your postcards, with your mailings, with your digital presence. You can out video everybody with incredible productions. You know, if you spend that money on yourself relative to your business, great things are going to happen. And you can look at the ROI in a few years once your business starts to expand. So I just say outspend everybody and do it the smart, creative way to showcase that you're the leader in, in this neighborhood or in this market.
0: And I mentioned the word differentiation earlier. One way that agents can differentiate themselves is putting money into their marketing, but it's also doing that when times are challenging, as we're seeing now, because there's a lot of agents that are pulling back because they're not willing to bet on themselves and invest in themselves for the future of their business. So now is a great time to really get out there and beat out that competition because there's so many that are scaling back because of the uncertainty.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Now, a quote that you like to say is, how you do anything is how you do everything. It's a quote that I also, like my listeners know, that two of my seven degrees are from the University of Alabama, and that's something that Coach Saban and his players talk about a lot as well. Tell us about what does this mean when it comes to being an agent?
1: It starts with the first phone call that, uh, I call it a money call, when the phone rings and it's somebody on the other end that might want to use your services. They might want you to find them a house or they might want you to list their house, and you know, if they don't catch you on, on that phone call, they're going to hear your voicemail. And if you say something like, hey, it's Bono, leave me a really brief message and I'll call you back sometime, but I'm not going to call you back after 5 p.m., but it'll be sometime in the next couple of days. That's terrible. But if you get a voicemail that says, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for calling. Leave a long of messages you can, and I'm going to call you back at my first opportunity. That's a great segue to a great relationship, right? And then you call them right back. Oh, Mr. Smith, thank you so much for calling. How'd you get my name? When can we meet? You know, I'm available this afternoon at 4 p.m. or does tomorrow at 10 work? Then you get there and you're totally prepared. Maybe you use Christie's to get the digital listing presentation sent the night before. Maybe you send them an orchid before you arrive. So when you get there, you're doing all these steps that are extraordinary that other people aren't doing. And then when you walk into the house, man, you greet them, you shake the hand firmly, you're dressed well. All these things, all these things that you do is how you're presented to them, right? And, and it's how you tell your kids goodbye, you know, when they get on the school bus or, or, or tell your wife that you're leaving for the day, right? Everything sets the tone for how your day is going to operate. So I use that as just kind of a just a mindset on on, on how I do everything in life. And sometimes you fall short on some of those things, but if you really focus that on everything that you're doing, really good things will happen.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And that holds true whether you're a real estate agent or you're in some other profession. I mean, how you conduct your day-to-day business, even the littlest details, it all matters because that's gonna translate into the outcomes that you want if you do it right. And if you don't, you're gonna fall short of what you're looking to achieve. Yeah, no question about it. So, but no, I'm a branding person and something I like to ask people who have strong brands is what are some of the things that you've done to build that? How's your social media presence? What are some of the things that you're putting out on social media to connect with your clients, with your target market?
1: Well, social media is interesting. That's constantly changing for me. And I think that it's constantly changing for agents, right? When you're branding yourself, in my opinion, I try to do that through my listings and, and not try to inundate my social media with everything that I'm doing and overpost. I try to be deliberate about the new listings that I have or current listings and showcase my personality and my creativeness and, and, and my likability relative to the videos that I put out there. And I, and I keep it at that. I've tried everything over the years and I've, I watch other agents and everything else. And I think that I just stick to the real estate that I have and I put together plans in place to showcase that real estate with a little bit of an edge and a little bit of likability relative to myself and my personality on those videos. And, and it's been doing well.
0: Well, I think the likability piece is important too because as we know, people do business with people they know, like, and trust, whether it's in real estate or something else. So drawing on that connection and that relatability, that likability is key to drawing people into your sphere, into your circle and wanting to do business with you because they have the confidence that you're the right person for the job. And Jen, it's just
1: as important to be likable to all the other agents in your sphere. Yes. Put up a listing. You want to be really easy to work with, right? And help in any way, shape or form. And if you're an agent out there that's a jerk or not great to work with, oh, my God, Susie's got this listing. I don't want to show it. Golly, she's terrible to work with. Or, oh, cool, you know, my buddy Sam's got the listing. I can't wait to work with him. We work really, really well together and and, and that kind of thing, right? So, I think it's so important to be great to, to the agents in your spear and you know, send them Christmas presents as well, because you want them to want to work with you and and they, oh, Bono's got this listing. I'm going to bring my clients over there because he's so nice. And that kind of thing is a big deal.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's about being a professional. It's about being courteous and a professional to your colleagues, to other people that you might be competing with for business. But it's about caring yourself as a professional, providing respect and and providing great service, whether it's to another agent that you're interacting with throughout the deal or you're servicing the client. And so I think that's something that I've noticed that people sometimes fall short of because they're not thinking about the whole picture. They're just focused on the transaction and that's it and not being a professional.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So I want to step back, but know what drew you into real estate? What attracted you to this as a profession?
1: Well, my dad was a home builder and I knew early on in school, I wasn't going to be a lawyer or an accountant or a brain surgeon, right? And I knew that I connected with people really, really well. And so in Georgia, I started a t-shirt company and I started to sell those t-shirts and design slogans and t-shirts. And I had the corner on all the fraternities and sororities at our big state university, University of Georgia. And I made a bunch of money and it was a great way to start in business, right? To have clients and customer service and deadlines. And I loved it. And then I took a real estate class my junior year and it was so interesting because there were so many facets to it. It was, all right, what's the highest and best use of this and zoning and getting financing and design and then the build process. After that class, and I wasn't a great student growing up, but that class, I made an A. Then I made straight A's in all my real estate classes and because I loved it and I was passionate about it. So I got my real estate license when I was in college. And my senior year, I ended up building a small house and ended up putting my, my three other roommates in the house that I built. And I was the landlord and it was paying for the house. It was paying for my room that I had. And I was like, man, this is some really cool stuff. When I graduated, I knew that I didn't wanna work with my dad and his business. And so I moved, I moved out of Atlanta, I moved out of Athens, Georgia, and I moved down to the coast of Georgia, a place called Savannah. I looked really, really young when I graduated college as well, but I I Shawshanked this guy to try to get a job. And what I mean by that is I, I just hit him with over and over again in different capacities and letters and showing up at his door and, and he had to hire me. There was no other way, shape or form just because I was all over this guy. And I had the opportunity to to sell lots at a resort. And I just loved it. And it was natural to me. I became the best salesman at that development my first year in the business. And then I started to build houses as well. And then one thing led to another. So I've been doing a lot of different facets of real estate. I was even a, a large developer in my late 20s until the crash of 2008 happened. And that made me shift and alter the course of my life. And then I started to, to sell real estate in the worst market that we've had. 2008, and 2009 was my first years in selling real estate. But it was great to start in those years because it wasn't easy. It wasn't like taking orders like it was for a lot of agents at the end of 2020, 2021, some of 2022. It was challenging, and you had to really differentiate yourself in those years where listings were tough and it was tough to sell a house, kind of like where we are right now, right? So, if you're just getting into the business, being in residential real estate, it's a great time to really hone your skills in so you can be a great agent in a good
0: market or a bad market. As we look to move the ball, in life, there are always going to be challenges and things that we have to overcome. Something that you talk a lot about is the struggles that you had growing up in an education system that didn't really fit your own dyslexia and learning style. And that's something that you have learned how to thrive in that system. And I mean, we all have things like for me, I was a teen single parent. And so I had to figure out how do I navigate that and go to school and build a career. And so, But we figure it out. Can you share more about kind of how you navigated through those challenges? and then found the success that you have.
1: Well, Jen, I, I didn't fit in a box. I couldn't learn in the traditional setting and that was pretty evident early on in elementary school I was the class clown and I just didn't fit in, in the traditional learning box. And I started to learn outside that box, outside school and found my my people and found the teachers that understood the way that my dyslexic brain worked and somehow some way, was able to get to college and find kind of my my passion and my true skill set and I was able to marry those early on which is lucky frankly and and I had the parents that supported me and and weren't frustrated that I didn't learn like the rest of the kids and put me in a position to succeed through moving to different schools that taught the way that worked with within my brain but all those struggles helped me understand that life's not easy and you got to face things that you're not great at and then be able to put yourself in a position to succeed relative to the skill sets that God gave you. And that's been kind of my whole journey up until now.
0: Aside from being in real estate and we're both SEC football people, something else that we have in common is that we have both written books and then subsequently we've launched a podcast that the podcast has a similar name as the book. So your book is called Brokering Billions, Secrets of the Nation's Top Real Estate Agents, and then you now have the Brokering Billions podcast, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But first off, from a branding standpoint, I love the title of the book and the podcast. It's catchy. It grabs people's attention. Share with us, why did you want to write the book?
1: Well, in my wildest dreams, I never thought I was going to write a book. But it occurred to me out of nowhere, one night I was at dinner at the steakhouse, the popular steakhouse in Atlanta, Georgia, called Bones, and I choked on a piece of steak and it was lodged. It was a a very traumatic moment where time stood still and I was getting the Heimlich maneuver and it wasn't working and I lost consciousness and almost died. And somehow, some way, somebody was eating there that was a nurse and got me back upright and somehow got the steak out of my air tube. and, And I'm here today woke up the next morning and said, I'm going to write a book. If I had died that night, my kids really wouldn't know what what I did and how I did it. And it's always been in my DNA to kind of give back and share with agents what I was doing to to help their business and, and better their lives. So this was during COVID. So I, I had more time at the house and I started to to write down. Well, I started with blogs to see if there was content out there that people enjoyed. And I started writing these blogs and I would get these calls and emails and texts saying, golly, that was unbelievable that you wrote about these curves in your life and how you accelerated through the curves. And you talk about dyslexia and ADHD and the, the benefits of using your perceived liabilities to turn them into some of your greatest assets. And and all these things that I was writing in these blogs, and I started to expand on those in different chapters. Next thing you know, I write a a best selling book, a Wall Street Journal bestseller, which absolutely blew my mind. And and, and then from there, or in that process, while I was writing the book, I said, look, I need some, some more content. And I don't want the book to be all about me. So I want to take some other Agents out there across the country that are brokering billions and share their ideas and their struggles and their successes and their techniques and their strategies. So, I started to interview people on the podcast to get other information for the book. So, that's kind of how the brokering billions started. And I hope your listeners have listened to the podcast and I hope they've read the book. And I've also got it on Audible. And I narrate it. That was a a challenge in itself. It turned out really, really good. And I'm proud of it. And I get emails weekly from people that have read the book that say, hey, this this has changed my life. And I'm a single mom or I'm a father that lost his job and starting this new career. And the stuff that you put in the book is really going to help me get my life to the next level. So it's been extremely rewarding. And it all happened because I choked on a piece of steak.
0: Oh, I love it. It's neat to hear the stories when people reach out and the impact that reading something or listening to the podcast has done for them. And so, I mean, when I get those types of emails from people, it just makes you feel good about, wow, I'm putting something out there that's helping to make an impact, a positive impact to change people's lives. So I think that's awesome. And I have listened to your podcast to many episodes. I know season two is in the works and I think you and your co-host marketing guru, Chris Tuff do a fantastic job and Chris was recently on my show as well. He was actually on the last episode of this show. And so I, th- I think you guys do a great job. Love the insights, the perspectives, and I'm looking forward to more for season two. And I encourage people to check out your podcast because it's fantastic.
1: Well, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.
0: So in your mind, what has been the most challenging part of hosting a podcast?
1: Oh, wow. It's sometimes getting the magic to happen on the podcast, right? Where you can really get some really deep nuggets that come out the repetition of doing the podcast and keeping up with it and keeping up with with everything that goes into it. You know how that is and, and you do yep. a job with yours. Well
0: thank you. So I appear a lot as a guest on other people's podcasts and I'm often asked, Jen, who's been your favorite guest on the show? So I'm gonna ask you a similar question, not that question, but one of the things that Chris and I had talked about when he was on this podcast was the importance of being memorable. So my question for you is who has been that one guest that has shared a memorable story or a memorable insight from the show? You don't have to name the guest if you don't want to, but share with us, like what has been something that really stood out from something that someone shared on your show?
1: Well, I loved my interview with Mark Spain and Mark he has got a really large, beautiful business called Mark Spain Real Estate. The podcast with him was just magic and it was magic because his first job was with my father. And he was selling the houses that my dad built. My dad built over 2000 houses a year. So it was in, he built subdivisions and things like that. And then my first job when I was in college, after I started taking these real estate classes, was I was Mark Spain's intern. I was his helper to, to sell the houses that he was selling for my dad. And just going through the history that his family has with my family and my family has with his and me showing up with long hair and smelling like beer in the morning because I was in college. And it was just an awesome episode. And that was a ton of fun. And he's been the number one agent at Keller Williams for over a decade. And then he launched his own company here several years ago, really about the time I launched mine. That was a wonderful episode. Got a lot out of it. And I hope, I hope my listeners did as well.
0: And one consistent theme in brokering billions is finding growth in the curves. And you alluded to the curves earlier, but what exactly does that mean for you?
1: Well, you never know what life's going to throw at you, and you can't get down when you get a curveball. I've had moments in my life where everything was just perfect until they weren't. I remember back in 2004, I was developing, I was building houses, my wife was a real estate agent year before, we just finished our dream house. We were just doing great. My wife was nine months pregnant. We were about to have our first child, Blakely, and our house gets struck by lightning and burns to the ground. So that was a, an episode where before dinner, we were on top of the curve. Things couldn't have been any better. Then our house burns down and we lose everything that we owned, everything that we ever owned, our, our college pictures, everything. And then few hours later, we're at the bottom of the curve, not knowing where we're going to have our baby, what clothes we're going to wear the next day, the whole nine yards. And But what did that do? We decided the next day that we were going to move to Atlanta from Savannah, where we had lived for five years. And we did that. We had our baby girl, Blakely, and I started a new career. But We didn't start that new career because we wanted to. It's because we were in the bottom of the depths of a curve. And we had to, and we had to make some large decisions. But by doing that, I wouldn't have been in Atlanta. I wouldn't have been a developer in Atlanta. I wouldn't have been a real estate agent. Then I wouldn't have started Ansley Atlanta Real Estate, which was the name of the company before we started to move outside of Atlanta and change the name to Ansley Real Estate. And then we started to joined with Christie's, and then now we're Ansley Real Estate Christie's. So you have all these things that happen in life, and you've got to embrace the curves because you don't know why the curve happened and what's going to be on the other side of that curve.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, I do think that things happen for a reason to set us on the path that we're meant to be on. And so while in that moment, it's not a fun feeling to go through that experience, having faith and knowing that like, okay, I got to figure out, I'm going to embrace what happened. I'm going to learn, I'm going to grow from whatever situation I'm in and I'm going to figure this out. And here we go. Embracing the curve. So, but then what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to have some fun with questions from my two minute drill. We'll be right back. Hey, have you moved the ball in your own life today? If you're working towards your dream job, a new personal record, or a bigger salary, you need a plan to consistently make progress. That's why I wrote Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. These books are packed with strategy and easy-to-implement tips on gaining clarity of your goals, developing your own personalized playbook for success, pushing your boundaries of comfortability, and really elevating and dominating. Go to www.dominateandmove.com and enter code DOMINATE2023 for a 20% discount on the bundle. And all books are signed copies as well. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, we are back. now are you ready to have some more fun?
1: I am ready. I'm, I'm nervous about these quick questions, but I'm going to do the best I can.
0: All right, maybe it's more fun for me because I'm the one just asking. them. <laughs> but here we go. What three words would you use to describe yourself?
1: Competitive, impulsive, and driven.
0: What is one thing that most people don't know about you? One thing that
1: people don't know about me is that I can probably take you down in less than 10 seconds. (laughs) And what I mean by that is I I was a very competitive wrestler all my life. So that was my skill in junior high and high school. I, I know some moves and in a combat situation, there's a good chance I can probably get you down on the ground.
0: Okay. Would you rather be the world champion of a sport or the CEO of a billion-dollar company and why?
1: That's pretty easy. I can answer that pretty easy. I would love to be a Michael Jordan or a Tom Brady. I mean, like 100% without any question.
0: Okay. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to?
1: The book I'm currently reading is actually awesome. It's called Fans First. It's by Jesse Cole. It's kind of a random book, and it's about the Savannah Bananas. And the Savannah Bananas are a minor league baseball team, but they pack the stadium every single night. There's a wait list. The way that the guy that owns the team, Jesse Cole, has built that team to a revenue Conglomerate is unbelievable because there was usually 50 people in the stands and now they're packed every night and they're selling hot dogs and beer and merchandise. And it, they put on a show like a circus. It's a really, really interesting thing. And what I've learned from that is fans first, have raging fans relative to, to how you do business. And it, 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 I've gotten a lot out of it.
0: I like that you mentioned the Savannah Bananas because I know of them. And oh, I reached wow. out a few months ago about having someone from that organization come on this podcast because now how did I know about the Savannah Bananas? Well, something that my listeners probably don't know is I've been involved in multiple startup semi pro pro football leagues. And one thing that we talked about in those conversations was differentiating through the fan experience and looking at what the Savannah bananas have done to really make that a world-class fan experience. It's engaging because as you know, Benoam, in today's day, there's so many things that compete for our time. And so how are you going to build a successful organization or a sports league, it's about the fan experience. And so they have definitely gotten it right. So stay tuned for my listeners. At some point, I will have someone from the Savannah Bananas on the show talking about stuff that they do. But I'm going to definitely check out that book as well. It sounds like a good one to give a read to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then podcast, I love the business movers and business wars from Wondery.
0: Nice. If you could have any one song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be?
1: Well, I love
0: Kid Rock and probably his song Born Free. Nice. That's a good choice. What would your next career move be if you were guaranteed to succeed?
1: Well, my next career move would probably not be about generating money. So it'd be something that I was really, really passionate about. So it would either be coaching kids in wrestling or, or baseball or being a fly fishing coach or a fly fishing guide.
0: Interesting, awesome. All right, the next question is: You have twenty-four hours and a private plane that will take you anywhere. Where are you going? I'm going to the Bahamas. Oh, that's a great place to go. And the bonus question is: M and M's, plain or peanut? Plane. Oh, interesting. Most people say peanut. I'm a peanut person, so very interesting. All right, so but no, as we look to end the show, any last thoughts for our listeners? And let people know where are you at on social media. We'll have all that stuff in the show notes. But let people know where are you at.
1: Yeah. So ansley.com That's my website. It's got all my videos and multimedia. You can also pick up the book on there at Brokering Billions. I've got BrokeringBillions.com or a tab there. And highly suggest listening to it on Audible because I narrate it. And Bono Anzi, Realtor on Instagram.
0: Perfect. And do you have any last thoughts for us?
1: No, I love this. This was a ton of fun. Thank you guys so much. Go get after it and, you know, outspend everybody and the people will show up.
0: Well, I love the advice. I do have one last question for you. When can we expect to have season two of the podcast release? What are you thinking as of right now?
1: We're going to be first quarter of next year, 2024. First quarter, 2024. Season two, Brokering Billions will be live.
0: Okay, perfect. And I highly recommend people checking out the episodes that are already out there. They are fantastic. And again, we'll have all these links in the show notes to your stuff, to the podcast, for the book, so people can get a hold of you. Thank you, Beno, so much for being on the show today. It has been a true pleasure.
1: Thank you so much. Have a great day, y'all.
0: Thanks again to everyone for listening to today's episode. I just want to give a quick shout out to two people who Beno knows who have been on the show as well. Chris Tuff, who I mentioned earlier, and Joel Neeb, Both were on the show for season four and both had amazing insights to share. So I would encourage you to check both of those episodes out as well. Once again, if you found this podcast helpful, share the show with some friends, family, colleagues, and coworkers too. Thanks again, and we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know? Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also, share the show with a few friends too. Next, I want you to go to getinsidethehuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today, not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.